Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Where do you stand on vaccine passports and businesses? We should have vaccine passports. I think that's important. That's Charlie Crist. He's a Democrat who used to be a Republican. He's a congressman who used to be the governor of Florida. Now running against Ron DeSantis, who who he refers to as Ron DeSatan. Because he's hilarious. And he thinks there should be vaccine passports in Florida, never mind uh, the rest of the country. Who is saying such a thing at this stage of the game? Even Kathy Hochul, the governor of New York, has put an end to restrictions in the state. Even Jacinda Ardern, the prime minister of New Zealand, where the lockdowns were beyond radical, has lightened up on all the restrictions. But there's Charlie Crist to say we should have vaccine passports. You should still have to show your papers. You should still live in such fear of COVID that you should be forced into vaccination. Man, best of luck in this election, man. Charlie Crist wins. Uh, Get ready, uh, other states, because you're about to get some new people. How many people are staying in the Florida of Charlie Crist when they came for the Florida, not even so much of Ron DeSantis, but of rational thought? Too much to ask? Goodness gracious. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. That's the number, 833-GOT-TONY. Rational thought is in short supply. Uh, Over there at uh, the Daily Wire, uh, they're reporting on a research paper. A research paper uh, that was done through a grant from the National Science Foundation. A $500,000 grant given uh, to Seattle Pacific University for, and I'm quoting here, understanding centrality and marginalization in undergraduate physics teaching and learning. According to the paper, critical race theory, oh goodness gracious, this is from the National Science Foundation, This is a research paper, and it starts with critical race theory names that racism and white supremacy are endemic to all aspects of U.S. society, from employment to schooling to the law, and continues, we see the outcomes of this in, for example, different incarceration rates, rates of infection and death in the era of COVID, and police brutality. We also see the outcomes of this in physics. You're a little bit racist. Well, you're a little bit too. I guess we're both a little bit racist. Admitting it is not an easy thing to do. But I guess it's true. Between me and you, I think. Snappy, I tell you, snappy. They wrote a paper to let you know that physics is racist. Because the group that they had working, like they, they were examining, uh, they didn't like the, the interactions with uh, the, the, the group. 
And therefore, it shows that people are marginalized and the presentation of documentation was uh, racist um, uh, because, you know, um, the, the correct answer, it doesn't matter as much as how a group looking into a question is comprised and how they engage. Two plus two is four. And it doesn't matter if Louis Farrakhan is doing the math. If it's not four, it's not the right answer. You mean he could say two plus two is six and it doesn't matter because he's black? Everyone's a little bit racist sometimes. Doesn't mean we go around committing hate crimes. My gosh. This is surreal. But I mean, it's 2022 in a nutshell. It really is 2022 in a, a, a nutshell. And it isn't the only thing that's going on today that's racist. Of course, there's Jimmy Kimmel. You're a little bit racist. All right, let's hold on right there. Although it's Jimmy Kimmel. I mean, this is the guy who did do the whole blackface thing to insult Carl Malone. You're a little bit racist. Well, you're a little bit too. So the story goes, uh, there, there were the Emmys last night. I don't know if you were watching. I did not watch. They moved the Emmys to Monday night because I guess they were on NBC and they were doing Sunday night football and they didn't want to compete. So they moved uh, the Emmys to Monday night where still nobody watched. I mean, nobody's watching the Emmys. It doesn't matter. It's nonsense. It's self-indulgent garbage. There was one winner who decided to throw some shade at King Charles. I, who does this? Well, the woke folk of the Emmys who think uh, they, they, they know things. I mean, if you want to talk about Emmy winners uh, from, from uh, last night, uh, the fact that Rachel Brosnahan didn't win anything for uh, Marvel's Mrs. Maisel is proof positive I don't need to watch. I didn't need to watch. Succession is the outstanding drama series, beating out Stranger Things, Euphoria, Ozark, and Better Call Saul. Beats out Better Call Saul, that's just abusive. Outstanding comedy series, Ted Lasso. Was it as funny the second season as it was the first season? And it beats out Barry, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and Only Murders in the Building. Only Murders in the Building is fantastic television. Oh, it's so good. Martin Short, uh, uh, Steve Martin, and Selena Gomez. Now, now, the truth is, Selena Gomez can be played by anybody. I, I believe uh, this. I don't think she adds enough in her character. Uh, I, 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 I talk about my crush. Selena Gomez. Goodness, that's an attractive woman. I, I say it, I mean it, and I move on. But should have won. Should have won. Ted Lasso, not as funny. Uh, I never saw White Lotus, which was a limited uh, uh, series. And then uh, you have, uh, I think his name is Lee Young-jae. Uh, I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. From Squid Game, lead actor in a drama series. Uh, and then you get into uh, um, Gene Smart for Hacks, lead actress in a comedy series. Again, beating out Rachel Brosnahan and Marvel's Mrs. Maisel. Trust me, absolutely positively wrong. But at the... Emmys here, there was um, lead lead or supporting actress in, in a comedy series. 
And um, the winner there, uh, she, uh, Cheryl Lee Ralph, that's it. I couldn't remember her full name. Cheryl Lee Ralph. She wins an Emmy. Is it Cheryl Lee Ralph who won the Emmy? Yes, but who was the one who, oh, there it is. I got it right here. Have the wrong name. Uh, Quinta Brunson. Quinta Brunson wins for a, a show called Abbott Elementary. I haven't seen yet because the amount of network television I watch is zero. And Jimmy Kimmel is on stage because he and Will Arnett did some kind of presentation where um, he w- Will Arnett drags him out. So there's Jimmy Kimmel from, from late night TV, like pretending he's dead, I guess, on the stage. And the bid is over. This woman... Quinta Brunson wins, comes on stage to get her Emmy, and Jimmy Kimmel doesn't leave. Jimmy Kimmel stays dead on the stage. So people are upset with Jimmy Kimmel for stealing Quinta Brunson's spotlight. Quinta Brunson is black, and therefore Jimmy Kimmel is a racist. I guess we're both a little bit racist. Admitting it is not an easy thing to do. But I guess it's true. Between me and you, I think everyone's a little bit racist sometimes. Now, Jimmy Kimmel is a jerk. That he makes more money than me drives me crazy. And every time somebody hates Jimmy Kimmel, an angel gets its wings. Jimmy Kimmel has no place on late night TV. He is only there because he is a progressive or has allowed himself to be a progressive. This is a guy who takes notes from Chuck Schumer. The show isn't funny. And he has the audacity to take like two months off in the summer and still get paid millions a year. The bit was over. You get up and you move on. The bit wasn't even funny, but that's neither here nor there. I don't think it was racist that he was there for the presentation because there were a series of actresses that could have won the Emmy. So in that case, in that situation, where you could have had a, 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 a series of people win. It's not like he said, oh, oh there's going to be a black person on stage. Let's go do this thing. That didn't happen. So it is radical and wrong and ridiculous, ridiculous for anybody to make this claim. Is he a scumbag? Is he a scumbag for interrupting Quinta Brunson from Abbott Elementary? Writer uh, is, is what she won for, outstanding writing in a comedy series. Um, yeah, yeah, you could call him that. You could say that he clearly stole the thunder from Quinta Brunson for winning this Emmy. Is the show funny? I don't know. Again, I haven't seen it, but uh, wh- why would I doubt it? Why would I doubt that it made people laugh? It beat out Ted Lasso. It, it beat out Barry, which is the Bill Hader uh, vehicle uh, there at HBO. It beat out Only Murders in the Building. Got to be something to it, one would hope. It wasn't racist that he was on the stage. 
right? I get the shows mixed up a little bit. I get actor or writer mixed up a, a, a little bit. The story here is that she deserved her moment, and Jimmy Kimmel was uh, in the way of that. But he didn't care. And it wasn't because she's black. It's because he doesn't care. It's about him. He's so funny. He's so important. That's the story. That is the whole story. So when you see Jimmy Kimmel in the news, he's he's not he's not racist. I I don't believe that to be the case. At least with this. At least with this. I don't, I don't know his personal life or maybe in his hiring maybe is beats me. Maybe the bigger story here is that no one actually cares about the Emmys. No one cares. America has got so many other things going on. I can only imagine that the ratings for this thing were just awful. Awful, 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 terrible. Because who's paying attention? And it pro- and to, to prove this, look at what we're upset with, or look at what people are upset with with Jimmy Kimmel. Now, calling him a racist, well, that's just par for the course. It's not the first time he's been called a racist. Again, I brought up the Carl Malone stuff. But it's always about them. It's never about the audience that watches them. Their egos, the stroking of it. It was just all very unnecessary. They don't actually go about thanking people and being appreciative of of those who they work with and of the audience. It never just stays at that level. It always gets political. It always gets dark. And then it always gets this. I tell you about it because there are cultural things happening here. And these shows are getting watched, and they do have an effect on how people think. So you should know what's going on. And when people are talking about Jimmy Kimmel, you should know what's going on. But the real question is, why do they still allow him on late night TV? Why is he still somebody who gets paid millions? You know what his ratings are? Jimmy Kimmel came in sixth. Gutfeld is number one in late night with over 2 million viewers. Then The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. Then The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. Then Stephanie Rule and Fox News at night. Cable News gets three of the top five spots. Jimmy Kimmel is in sixth. Jimmy Kimmel is in sixth. So nobody's watching anyway. If the people are seriously upset with Jimmy Kimmel, you know what they'll say? I'm not going on his show anymore. When I see actors say, how dare he treat a black woman this way? I'm not going on his show anymore. And if you go on his show, I won't work with you. Then we'll see a change. Now, it won't actually be for the right reason. It should be because he's not funny. It should be because he's not interesting. It should be because he doesn't have in- interesting interviews. It should be because he is only interested in attacking a group of people night after night, which is the exact reason why he's been able to keep the show until now. We'll see if anybody actually stands up for uh, Quinta Brunson. We will see if anybody actually stands up for her. Not holding my breath. I'm Tony Katz.
because you're one of so many teachers returning to the classroom. Meanwhile, there are schools all across the country facing these shortages. Um, it's such a challenge. What concerns you the most when we talk about staffing for schools? And this has been happening uh, for a couple years now. We've seen it coming. The teacher workforce was skewed a little bit older, you know, for mm -hmm. several years now. But what we need to do is encourage younger people to, to come into the profession and, and also teachers of color. Parents and politicians are now weighing in on what books should be in our school libraries and what their kids are being taught. Where's the line, in your opinion, with how much of a say parents should have when it comes to what their kids are learning in school? Well, I think with the pandemic, parents saw how hard teachers work and how difficult this job really is. And I think if they work together in their school districts and decide what they want with their curriculum. Is there a balance between, you know, this book should be in the library, this book All is under books review. books should be in the library. All books. This is America. We don't ban books. It's a school library, not a public library, and it's not banning a book. It's recognizing that some books aren't age-appropriate. Do you, Dr. Jill Biden, disagree that some books are not age-appropriate? And what of the Today Show host there? What role should parents play in their kids' education? To ask that question should be a firing offense. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. What role should parents play in their kids' education? Every role, 100% of the role, the teacher is lucky they get to even participate. The parent is the education, the teacher comes second. I'm not even mad at teachers. I don't know how many times I have to say this. It's just that the, the question itself creates such a backwards mentality or comes from such a backwards place. The parent is paramount. The teacher is second. That's just the way it goes. That's the way it has to be. Because if the parent isn't paramount, then the teacher can teach anything they want. The parent has no say. And of course, this isn't the case. Parents should be constantly, daily involved in what's going on at their kid's school. They should be daily involved in their kids' homework, daily involved in their kids' life. Some people are working two jobs, and it's very difficult. Five minutes. Your kid's worth the five minutes. Your relationship is worth the five minutes. It's worth the five minutes. Got to start somewhere. You're protecting your family. You're, you're, you're providing for your family. Damn straight. Five minutes. Parents come first. What an awful question. And some books don't belong in a school library. We know this. I'm Tony Katz. So the White House is getting ready for the daily briefing from Corinne Jean-Pierre. Someone, I think rather well, uh, noticed that no one ever facts checks. Facts checks? Fact checks. The White House press secretary anymore. Ever since Jen Psaki left and Corinne Jean-Pierre took the gig, no fact-checking takes place. Not from Glenn Kessler or PolitiFact people. Why not? She gets a fair amount wrong. There's constant corrections. But no fact-checking takes place. Pretty interesting. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Always good to be with you guys. 833 got Tony. 833-468-8669. That is the number. Meanwhile, as we talk about 
inflation and the insanity of the numbers. The inflation continues to rise. Yes, but gas prices went down. Doesn't mean anything when the Dow is still down 800 points. It already crossed uh, past uh, 900 points. Is back up just down 800. NASDAQ is down 442. Yet the White House is hosting today a celebration of the Inflation Reduction Act. I can't make this stuff up, guys. There is no possible way to make this up. The Inflation Reduction Act does absolutely nothing. It doesn't reduce inflation at all. It is a green spending bill which will exacerbate inflation, and they're celebrating it. On the same day, inflation went up, and everybody admits this is a disaster of a report. They're cheering. It's remarkable to watch and witness. Back in August, Biden said July 0% inflation and last week's booming job reports underscore the kind of economy we're building, an economy that works for everyone. Yeah, they, they, they celebrated when there was nothing to celebrate. And now they're going to celebrate the Inflation Reduction Act when it doesn't reduce inflation. It doesn't reduce inflation. It's not because I say so. I'm just naysaying, oh, sure, Tony, you say it doesn't do this. You say that. We all know what you think of Joe Biden. Well, please, you've never had a cigar with me. I would tell you what I think of Joe Biden. But let's go to the words of Joe Manchin, shall we? Is it misleading to call this the Inflation Reduction Act for Americans when it's not going to make their grocery bill cheaper? It's not going to make everyday goods cheaper for them. Why would it? Why would it? Well, immediately it's not, but we never said anything happened immediately. Like today, it's turned the switch on and off. Wow. We didn't say immediately. What will it take? I don't know, three years? You mean exactly the amount of time the Bank of England said it would take to get back to the target rate of 2% inflation? Yes, exactly that. That sounds good. It's White Houses. These people, these people, these absolutely awful, terrible people. Because they are awful and terrible. I mean, that's just fact. Also breaking uh, right now, Twitter shareholders approving Elon Musk's $44 billion bid to buy the company. He's not going to buy the company. Twitter wants to tell us that only 5% of the users are bots. But we know this isn't true. We know this isn't true. Uh, I I believe that that's part of what the conversation is regarding uh, whistleblowers. And then, of course, Bob Iger The former head of Disney coming out to say, we looked at buying Twitter, but we could not get a good read on the amount of real accounts versus fake accounts, intimating that there were a tremendous amount of fake accounts. Musk is looking to put an end to the deal because of the fake account conversation. That number is not 5%. It is much higher. It's more than 5% spam or fake. Twitter suing Musk for breaching uh, the, the, the agreement. Uh, trial date is supposed to begin in mid-October. Twitter has got problems up the wazoo. 
tremendous number of problems and issues. Uh, good for them. It, it It's good to see them having to deal with what it is that they have done, what it is that they have, have wrought. They did this. I mean, they did all of this. None of this was, was necessary. They could have just run a platform that actually was a worthy platform, but they decided not to do it. They decided it didn't matter. They decided to be ideological is more important. I think being rational is more important. And rationality tells us that no matter how desperate the left is to say, look at Joe Biden's record, look at all the things that he's done, there's nothing there to cheer. There is no record there to cheer. There is nothing there that makes you say, my gosh, we can't wait to tie ourselves to Joe Biden. Now, some people have done it. People like Charlie Crist have done it. Yeah, get get uh, get Joe Biden down here. Oh, can't wait to campaign with him. He's running for governor in Florida uh, against Ron DeSantis, uh, which means he is the Democrat's sacrificial lamb. That's how strong DeSantis appears to be in the state of, of Florida. But if people were really, really gravitating to Joe Biden, really gravitating to his message, would we hear comments like this? This is Senator Mark Kelly of Arizona doing a one-on-one on a, on a local uh, television outlet. And he's asked by the, the, the host of, of the show, do you think Joe Biden's doing a good job? Simple question. Do you think Joe Biden's doing a good job? Remember everything Biden's telling you about. Uh, the CHIPS Act, right? We're going we're gonna to really, really do good work on semiconductors. A lot of questions about that bill before it was signed. Although I will admit that the administration is working towards limiting uh, chip sales and, and, and interactions with China from groups like NVIDIA and others. And I'm, I'm pleased about this. We have to recognize that China is indeed the enemy and you can't treat them like a, a rational partner. They, these people aren't capitalists. They should be treated as enemies as they are. So I don't mind uh, proactive moves on that subject. But the CHIPS Act itself, not so great. Inflation Reduction Act, we've already said everything there is to say uh, 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 on that. Uh, Extending eviction moratoriums, unconstitutional and worthy of impeachment, as I I see it. Calling half the country fascist, somehow this is supposed to win people over. There's these series of things, look at all these big, big legislative and and, and, uh, um, messaging wins for the administration, Biden's doing great. And then the host says, Mark Kelly, running for Senate, the sitting senator, hey, uh, do you think Biden's doing a good job? Your thoughts on his job? Has he done a good job, do you think? Hey, I, you know, I, you know I, I, first of all, it's not my job to give him a report card. Oh, okay. If the leader of your party is doing a good job, you say yes, and we're going to do an even better job in the next two years, and here's what we're going to do. This... Your thoughts on his job. Has he done a good job, do you think? Hey, I, you know, I, you know I, first of all, it's not my job to give him a report card. Seems to me Joe Biden isn't doing such a great job. Seems to me that Joe Biden really isn't 
Um, somebody you want to be talking about if you want to win. And remember, he's running against Blake Masters. Who? Blake Masters. Who in the world is Blake Masters? Blake Masters is the Trump-aligned candidate who won the primary. Oh, Blake Masters. Oh, he's on serious. My gosh. Where do we get all these these candidates from? My goodness gracious. John uh, Mark Kelly, the Democrat, a couple months ago was up by 9. Now, he's up by 2. Some polls 4. That's a lead cut in half, and you still have 6 weeks to go. Again, We've already gone through, if you haven't heard me talk about it, if you, if you didn't catch me uh, on the morning show, I'll get into this, polling. I don't trust any polling whatsoever, but I'm going to share with you, if, if you haven't heard me already discuss it, that there's a reason not to trust any of the polling. We really won't know anything until October about where things are at, and even then, it's hard to trust. But if I had numbers that had a guy in doubled, you know, uh, at, at nine and at 10 plus, and now he's at four and five plus, you could argue that's cut in half. You could argue that people are starting to understand what this election is all about. And you could argue that a guy who simply can't say that Joe Biden's done a great job, it's not my job to give him a report card, that's brutal. That tells you something about the party. That tells you something about the candidate who didn't know that question was coming. Holy mackerel and a half. Cringe on Pierre is going to hit the press uh, uh, briefing. I want to hit that. Oh, and Brian Stelter got a job because, you know, it's important that people with no talent but the right ideology always stay in front of either a camera or the youth. That's Jimmy Kimmel, and that's Brian Stelzer. That story's up next. I'm Tony Katz. Brian Stelter got a job at Harvard. Oh, you can just shut the music off. Just right there. Once you hear that Brian Stelter, the failed host of Reliable Sources on CNN, got a job at Harvard, you understand exactly how the game is played. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Find everything, TonyKatz.locals.com, TonyKatz.locals.com. You don't have to actually be good. You don't actually have to have um, a, a command of facts. You don't actually have to push uh, both sides. You don't have to do anything other than be a true ideologue. And once you do that, you're in. Jimmy Kimmel, we were discussing earlier, we know this to be true. Jimmy Kimmel is in because he's a true ideologue. So he gets to stay. What, is the America really, you know, uh, wrapped up in his warm relationship with Matt Damon? Or, as the people often say, Matt Damon. Did a little South Park right there. <laughs> you want to be angry. Go ahead and email them. This is a guy who could do blackface and get away with it. 
This is a guy who can get his marching orders directly from Chuck Schumer and get away with it. Brian Stelter did a show nobody watched, a show that was supposed to take on the media and never did. He only engaged in the wokeness. He only engaged engaged in the progressive nature of things. His show became a one-hour screed about Fox News every single week. That is, that is not a way to build a television show, people. I'm just saying, that's, that is just no way to be. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. <laughs> you ain't just whistling Dixie there, Dean Warmer. So it's seeing him... Seeing him get this job at Harvard, and not just any job, but a job where he is a media and democracy fellow. What kind of thing is this? What is it that Harvard's doing? And what Harvard is doing is is letting you know that being a place of education, being the preeminent university in America, those days are over. That is insignificant and unnecessary. Why should we be in any way, shape, or form worried about education? of the future, a future that we're supposed to believe in, of these people who are supposed to lead us. Why should we care about that when simply we can just, you know, bring in people who already agree with us ideologically and then give them a degree and so therefore they'll get jobs from other people who also agree with us ideologically. What value is education when ideology is the only thing that matters? We're not educators. We are builders of activists. And the proof is we will hire Brian Stelter, this anti-intellectual failure, gladly, joyfully, gleefully, I would never expect that if I did a show the way Brian Stelter did a show that I could, I, you know, I'd be fired from my my station, and then what would happen is that I would then, um, you know, get five hundred stations across the country. That's nobody would expect such a thing. Nobody would believe such a thing is true or possible. But it's always amazing how progressives care for themselves. We said this about Kimmel. The 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 absolute um, unwillingness to have an uh, you know an honesty a uh, 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 mocking or a good natured good natured ribbing of both sides. No no no, all ideological all the time. And ABC is fine with this. And the people go on the show are fine with it. Now, if I was asked, hey, he wants to have you on the show, of course I would. Just to be able to have the debate, because maybe some people would see something they haven't seen in a while. Which is, I don't know, honesty. Another side, that there are viewpoints. Uh, Look, if you ask me, hey, why don't you have more liberals on the show? There's a great answer to that. 
Uh, find them for me. I'll have them on the show. Find me people who engage a conversation with me. I'll have them on the show. Don't give me some ideologue who's just going to spout points. Give me somebody who will share a conversation. Hard to find. Very hard to find. But it's different than whether or not I take on uh, Republicans. I'm like, what are you thinking? What are you doing? I do it uh, freely with much more honesty than Jimmy Kimmel does anything. And certainly more honesty than Brian Stelter. But he's going to be a media and democracy fellow at Harvard. Which is also a reminder, don't bother sending your kids to Harvard. That school ain't worth it. And hire from Harvard at your own risk. Because you're not going to get well-rounded intellects. You're going to get activists like David Hogg. I'm Tony Katz.